This is Radio Maria and a very warm welcome today on this Wednesday, the 10th of March 2022. It's now two minutes past four o'clock and this is Catechesis. And today's Catechesis, we have with us Father Gladstone Dabre, who is an Augustinian priest of Indian origin, who resides at the Clare Priory in Suffolk. And today he's joined us to give us a talk on being released for the proclamation of the gospel. Father Gladson, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Good. Very warm welcome to Radio Maria. Thank you for your time and for your expertise in this field. So what I shall do, I shall hand over the microphone to you and our listeners mm-hmm. and I'll let um, talk for a little while and then we'll have a little music break at a certain point and I can open up the phone lines and if any of our listeners have a question they can call in during the music break and then after that we shall resume. So how does that sound? Is that okay Father? That's great, thank you very much. Great. Well I look forward to hearing this and I'm sure our listeners are looking forward to it too. So Father Gladstone Dabre, over to you. Thank you very much. Uh, brothers and sisters, thank you for being with us today. It is such a beautiful moment to be together. We are living in an exciting time in the life of the church and the world. Um, there are a lot of worries and confusions and difficulties, and obviously we could talk about it all the time. But also this is an exciting time wherein we as Christians are called to be heroic witnesses. We are called to be uh, really out there to continue to proclaim the gospel, the good news that Christ has left us and given to us, and Christ who continues to work in our life in his body, the church here on earth. And so it is such a powerful moment to be in. And so let us look at the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 5, verses 13 to 16. And in that Gospel, Jesus says to us as as his disciples, You are the salt of the earth, but if salt loses its taste, with what can it be seasoned? It is no longer good for anything but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A city set on a mountain cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and then put it under a bushel basket. It is set on a lampstand where it gives light to all in the house. Just so your light must shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your heavenly Father. It is such a beautiful scripture passage. And basically, Jesus is calling us as Christians to be the salt to the world, to of the earth, and the light to the nations. So let's look at these two aspects. One is the salt of the earth. Jesus uses the example of the salt, and basically it comes from Greek word, uh, the, the word salt that we know today. In Greek, it is known as halas, which means being prudent. That is, uh, he wants his followers to be prudent and not lose our halas, 
or our saltiness or being prudent in the world. So how do we Christians act as salt in the world? There were at least 11 different uses of salt in the ancient world. But we will only look at a couple of them. And these were the main uses uh, that we will look at this afternoon. And I believe that Jesus intended this analogy for all of us so that we can understand what the salt did. And we all would know the qualities of the salt. Salt cleanses, preserves, and flavors. Hence, we Christians are called to live pure lives, stand up for what is right, and attract people to Christ in the world. If we do not live properly, we never attract anyone to come closer to Christ. Now, it's very true, isn't it, that sometimes... We have people who are in different kind of ministries and work in the church, and they are always there in the church doing various other things. But somehow they find that the members of their family are completely far away from God. They never bother to go near their uh, near the church or even worship God wherever they are. It's purely because the experience that they had with their family member, that could be their parents, their relatives, or friends who are not living the life that Christ has called us to be. So we are called to live a radical lifestyle, lifestyle that is completely contrary to the spirit of this world, but life that is completely attached to Christ and nothing else. And so the question for us is, can salt ever lose its saltiness? And we know that salt never loses saltiness, and we never experience that in our lifetime, probably. But in ancient world, salt was not harvested through the means of vaporization as we have today. And today, obviously, we have higher developed technology to deal with all these things. But in ancient time, it was not possible. And therefore, that meant that salt lost its saltiness. And then it ended up being thrown on the streets to be trodden by the people. How true, how powerful, how interesting is that, that the salt, which was supposed to be, uh, you know, preserving stuff and, and purify stuff, cleanse stuff, flavor stuff, was then was becoming useless and it was thrown under the feet and people used to trample on it. So which means people threw all their garbage through the windows and then people trampled on them on the streets. However, if the salt loses its saltiness and which means if the salt is compromised, now, look at our life. As we, the church, we, the people of God, if we start compromising and if we start thinking, well, we'll just close one eye and keep the other eye open and we'll just cross our fingers and hoping things will work out to the end, everything will be good and wonderful. But in reality, that's not the case because once we start compromising and we start getting into discussion and in a way getting into bed with the spirit of this world, then we know the spirit of the world that is lying. The God of this world is a liar and a deceiver and he has been thrown out of heaven and always continues to deceive the elect as we know from the scripture and that's why the church can never lose her compromise because if the church loses her compromise then it can do no longer do any good work because the church can continue to do a last long lasting damage that's why we the members of the church must ensure that our saltiness remains that we are 
are continuing to be powerful witness of Christ in the world because Christ has no hands but ours, no feet but ours. And Christ expects us, asks us, his disciples, to be filled with his love and be radical lovers, as it were, in the world so that we can powerfully pronounce what Christ has brought about to us, the salvation of souls. So, if the church starts to compromise, church loses her reputation, her mission is compromised, and hence the promotion of immoral behavior, and there is a moral decay uh, that will happen, and which will lead to the souls being led to perdition. And we would know that there are a number of people who are trying to do that. They are trying to bring in, either they are clearly deluded in their thoughts and minds, and they think they are doing something right, or they are purposefully bringing about the damage of souls and leading the souls astray by thinking that they are something, doing something good and merciful and kind, but in reality, they are not leading souls to God. And Obviously, these are the people that we need to pray for, be that in the clerical state or in the lay state, that each of them have to be brought to the line through the prayer so that the saltiness that is lost, that we can ask the Lord to bring that healing upon their life. How careful we need to be in order to ensure that we do not fall into the trap of being nice to everyone, to gain popularity and allowing faith to be ruled by passions and emotions and evil desires. That's why Cardinal Newman throughout his life has given a great example of living a great Christian life. Because, you know, we have to live that, uh, that Christian life. Because Cardinal Newman says, lead kindly light. And we have to ask the Lord to lead that kindly light in our life. That one step that we see, which is enough for us for now, for today. Because a lot of times we could live in the future or live in the past. But the sacrament of now, the present is very important in order to allow God to work and function in our life. That's why Jesus declares that the church must remain prudent and continue to maintain her power and authority to bring the taste of God's love to the wounded world. That means being the salt to of this earth. Church must ensure that the moral decay is challenged and heals. That's what the soul does. Stalled, purifies, cleanses, and heals. How do we choose to be prudent? The Bible says, For the mouth speaks from what fills the heart. That we read in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 12, verse 34. It also wants us to guard the heart above everything else. Guard your heart with all vigilance, for from it are the sources of life. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. If you want to be a prudent Christian, you must start changing your heart. And it's very important that we do that and that we look at how God is doing that. So, brothers and sisters, it is time now to look at what God is doing in our life and saying, have I lost my saltiness? Have I been uh, making myself feel useless? Have I believed in the lie of the enemy that says that I am useless, I am worthless, I am I'm not able to make an impact? Wherein Christ has given that authority and power to each of us as his disciples to be the salt of the earth in a little or greater way. And you know, every, every that little or great person has a plan and purpose that God has. At Jeremiah 29, 11, the Lord says, I have plans and purposes for you, plans for your good and not for your disaster. And the Lord wants to bring great things in our life. And so brothers and sisters, for now, let us take a moment and say, have I lost my saltiness? 
And then let us come to the Lord and say, Lord, make me once again filled with your life, with your light, with your love, so that my saltiness can come, that I would be that positive impact that I need to be, the preacher of gospel through my life, in my life, to the nation that needs to hear. And now let us take a moment now, and we are going to hear a song asking the Lord, uh, you know, to touch our hearts. So let us get into the moment now as the song is being played for us, um, that the Lord may really touch us. And let us ask the Lord in this time, Lord, touch my heart, fill my heart. I need that healing touch. I have lost that saltiness because probably I was scandalized, I was hurt, I was broken. Somebody told me I was worthless, I was useless. But Lord, now I come before you. I ask you to touch me now. Touch me now, Lord. Touch me now. Touch me now, Lord. Touch me, Lord. Touch me, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Lord, for all that you're doing. Thank Thank you you very much, Father. That was very passionate first part of our catechesis today for being released for the proclamation of the gospel and just before we have our music break i'd like to invite our listeners if you like to phone in live on the air to ask father gladstone a question of what we're speaking about here about the 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 need to have a constant passion for the faith if you would like to phone in and we do encourage that the number to dial is 01223-375564. And as Father Gladson just said, we have a song now and what we are going to play for you, This I Believe by Hillsong.
Welcome back. That was, I believe, by Hillsong. And we are in the middle of our catechesis this Thursday afternoon. And we have with us Father Gladstone, who has been giving us a talk from the uh, Priory of the Clare Priory in Suffolk. And the talk is on being released for the proclamation of the gospel. And uh, a very interesting first half, if you've just joined us, Father was speaking about how our Lord urges us to uh, always renew our faith. And uh, can you hear me, Father? I brought you back in. Uh, Hello? Can you hear me, Father? Let's have a look now. Let's see. Have we still got Father here? Hello, Father. Can you still hear me? Praise God. There we are. Yeah, I was um, just saying to our listeners that uh, I was listening to the first part of your talk, and I really was um, inspired by the uh, the part about the salt, and if the salt has no taste, that uh, it's it's useless. It can't season anything. So I guess we all have an obligation, if you agree, to to renew the flavour of the salt, right? Mm-hmm. To constantly renew and uh, refresh our relationship with the Lord. Would you agree, right. agree with yes, that? That's right, yeah? yeah. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Mm-hmm. Great. Well, listen, let me hand you back to the listeners for the second part of our talk. And uh, again, thank you very much for joining us. And uh, Father Gladstone, it's all yours. Thank you very much for having me. And so, my dear brothers and sisters, let us go to the second part. The first part we looked at, uh, you know, being the salt of the earth. And Jesus then asks us to be the light of the world. Now, we know that Jesus is the true light of the world. It is in him that we have our being. It is in him that we come to experience the love of the Father. And so we need to look at our own personal lifestyles and say, what is it from my life? that I need to amend, I need to change. What is it in my life that I need to bring transformation? And I know it is very difficult because truth is painful. Truth is difficult. Truth is difficult to handle. The question is that how do we allow God and the light of God to change our life so that when Christ, the light of the world, really when we allow Christ to change and transform our life, it is allowing Christ's light to be penetrated in our life to say, Lord, what is it in my life that is darkened, that is still living in darkness and all unhealthy stuff that is not of you, everything that is sinful and broken and damaged, Lord, I want you to heal me. And so then we can, uh, when the Lord allows that to happen, then we can bring our life in accordance, in, in accordance with the teachings of the scripture of the church and of the magisterium of the church so that we can really allow ourselves to be filled with the light of Christ. Brothers and sisters, we all need change because we all have fallen short of the glory of God. And so it is very important for us to allow God to come and change our life. A lot of times people have created Jesus or God in their own image and likeness. But if we have created so-called God in our image and likeness, then that God is our making. That is an idol that we have made. But when we look at the God who has created us in his image and likeness, and when we try to worship him in spirit and truth, then we know that lives are surely changed and transformed. We can no longer be the same again. 
And that's what the life with Christ means. That is what living out radical Christian lifestyle means. That each and every one of us are changed and transformed because it is Christ who does that work in our life. Because we are called to let go and let God to take control over our life. Now, the Greek word phos is used in the scripture by Matthew, which means to manifest manifest. And so we Christians are called to manifest our life, that manifestation of our life, light of Christ. And we see that in the lives of the saints, when they came in contact with people, people were easily able to pick up what Christ was doing in their life, how Christ was transforming in their life. Brothers and sisters, we are called to be that light. So that wherever we go, the light of Christ comes with us. The peace of Christ follows us. That Christ is manifested in us and through us in everything that we do. The third thing Jesus says in that Matthew's gospel is that we are supposed to be the city set on the hilltop. Now, in ancient towns, and if you go to Italy, you will find that the houses are built on the hilltops or on the little hilly places. And if you, when you look at them, in some of the ancient places, the houses were built on the hilltop with white limestone. They gleamed in during the sun, when the sun was out there, because the rays of the sun were always, uh, you know, penetrating on these walls. So the so travelers from far away could see these cities that were built, and they knew that they were in the right place. Then at night, the inhabitants had oil lamps that were burning in their homes, and therefore the glow of that light basically allowed the travelers to come to the right place because they knew they were entering into the cities. Now, such cities served as beacons for directing travelers, the very travelers, to come to those cities. So they could be spotted. The cities could be spotted from far away. It's like the lighthouse where the sheep come, the boats come, because they know where that place is. Now, Jesus asks us to help the weary pilgrims, and we know how many people out there are weary pilgrims, are broken and damaged and wounded and scarred and hurt, and are carrying the chains around them. These are invisible crutches that they carry around them, invisible wheelchairs that they carry around them. We are called to manifest Christ's glory to them, Christ's love to them, Christ's uh, Christ kindness to them, so that we can be like those cities that attract people to come and experience that, that, that peaceful joy, that love, that healing, that all that the weary travelers need. Because we all are pilgrims on the pilgrim journey to heaven, and each of us is called to allow Christ to work in us and through us. Now, our world is groping in spiritual darkness. It feels like we have a zombified communities and cities because the people really do not know the love of Christ. They do not know who Christ is as if they do not have Holy Spirit in them. So it feels like they are like just couch potatoes or frozen ice lollies. They're just walking around without the fire of God working in them. And I'm telling about not just those who are out there, but also sometimes Christians who come into the views have really not experienced the love of Christ. And so the strong lights of Christ have been dimmed and the glory of God is exchanged for passions and feelings. And this world sometimes lives in darkness, in sin, in deception, in ignorance and in rebellion. There is so much of lukewarmness. There is so much of acceptance and promotion of sin, which has led many astray. 
Jesus therefore declares to us that we, his disciples, need to be that vibrant light, vibrant light into the world, so that others who are still lost, still broken, still hurt and wounded, still are wary about the church and everything that has happened in the church or happens within the church, to come back and experience the powerful touch of Christ in their life. We need to have that light kindly lit that can lead others amid the encircling gloom that is there. Oh, we have come, just coming out of, you know, the pandemic. There has been so much of fear and confusion, so much of uncertainty. And we have just come out of that. And now we are in another uncertainty about the ongoing uh, troubles and, the, and, and all the uh, war and, and all that arrogance that is stone, shown by the political leaders. And this is so much of pain and suffering that we go through. Brothers and sisters, I just want to give you a message. Do not lose hope. We have plenty of hope, and therefore we need to pray. The la Our Lady has always constantly asked her children to fast, to do penance, and she says, pray, 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 because we need to pray. We need to read our Word of God, the sacred scriptures. We need to know what the church teaches, so that we, when we come before our eternal judge, we know that he will be merciful, and we will have something to say. If not, we will hear those dreadful words, be gone from me, I do not know you, away from me. But we want to hear those beautiful and powerful words that come home, good and faithful servant. And dear brothers and sisters, therefore, we need to do what is right in the, in the eyes of the Lord. When we choose to do the right things and take on responsibility for our own actions and failures, then it becomes easier for us to come to the Lord and remain humble, to ask for forgiveness and also to grant forgiveness to others. I do not know what your circumstances are today. I do not know where you are today as you hear me or whenever you hear this message. You might be traveling, you might be in bed, you might be in prison, you might be in difficult circumstances. You might have just come to the point that you see no meaning in life. Brothers and sisters, I want to encourage you and know, and, and you need to know these words that no matter how powerless you feel, no matter how this evil feels to be overpowering us, do not be discouraged. Take heart, because Jesus is victorious. God has paid the ultimate price for us by the innocent blood of Jesus Christ. It is his blood which is so precious, so powerful, so great that it has saved us from the tyranny of darkness by the power of the evil one and so that we can have freedom in Jesus' name. So the sin and failure that came through Adam we have been saved by the most victorious passion, death, and resurrection of Jesus. So we have won victory with the second Adam, the new Adam, because Jesus is the one that has brought us this freedom. And so turn to Jesus. Ask Jesus to be your Lord and Savior today. Allow Jesus to once again to take control over your life so that you can experience his powerful touch. St. Paul gives us consoling and encouraging words that the Lord will raise us up even though it seems very heavy for us. Yes, 
our illness, debts, issues in our personal and professional relationships, the pressure that we feel at work and family, death of a loved one, illnesses in our family, and various other issues, and the ongoing wars and natural calamities and everything that seems to be such a heavy burden for us. We feel that we are let down. But we know that this is momentary. But you know, even in this momentary moment, this moment feels so difficult. And it's all that, you know, it feels like we need to pass this hurdle. We need to get to the next hurdle. And that's why St. John Henry Newman says that one step is enough for me. Brothers and sisters, it is a sacrament of now. And as I speak to you, even I'm preaching to myself because even I also think like, oh, the past good old days. Or, oh, I wonder how it will be tomorrow. But tomorrow has not come. It is now that is there. And I need to look at now, and I need to consecrate this now to the sacred heart of Jesus and immaculate heart of Mary. Because we are answering the call of Mary, our mother, who has asked us to come to her glorious son, to repent of our sin, to return. And this is a season of Lent, wherein we can come to the Lord and get that healing. This is a time of getting that healing. So we just got to remain patient. We just need to keep working on our failures and we need to allow God to purify us and so that we can see the Lord as he is. Each of us must partake in the trials and spiritual comebacks in order to get closer to God. Each of us who wants to follow Christ must deny self, take up the cross and follow him. And now that's not easy to deny self, to take up the cross. It's easy for us to think we can follow the Lord, but these two things are difficult. And that is why sometimes we lose our saltiness. We lose that light. We lose being the city built on the hilltop. Sometimes the ground below us seems to be crumbling, but we need to remain firm and be the light to the nations, the salt of the earth, because we are called to be that. Because in this changing world, uh, that gloats itself in self-glory and there is a culture of death and greed. It is Christ who is ready to bring that victorious healing and help to the people. It is God of wonders and miracles. We Christians are called to be part of that healing balm of Christ, to provide that comfort to this hurting world that so much needed. We are the chosen race, a royal nation, and therefore we are called to be part of the city of God. We cannot be just chosen and frozen people. Rather, we should not be afraid of being singled out, dragged to the courts and defamed on social media, persecuted or even be killed for the name of Christ, for being Christians in the public places. Let us remain confident and let us be unshaken in, for our reward and the crown of glory will be granted to us when we remain faithful. Brothers and sisters in Christ, are we still going to be stubborn? Are we still going to refuse to acknowledge the gifts and opportunities that God provides us every moment? Are we going to remain idle and not going to do what we can do in order to take part actively in the actions of the works of the church? Because it is Christ who urges us, his love that demands us to go out. All of us are reminded today then that we cannot be idle. 
we cannot be ignorant and we cannot say that we did not know because we have plenty of opportunity available to us even in our nation which is sometimes is a desert land it's a dry land for the gospel but it is so much prepared ground for the gospel to be heard and if you are somebody who is not christian and hearing to this message today i invite you encourage you to come and experience the power of god that god gives us because christ does not refuse us brothers and sisters take charge and allow christ to take control over your life let us come before him because we are reminded today that we cannot remain idle and ignorant but we need to allow to christ to work in our life we need to allow christ to take complete charge in our life what are we going to do let us take a break now and let us allow christ to touch our hearts let us hear a powerful song that is coming up now and let christ touch us let christ bring healing to us let christ feel our hearts do not let go for christ is touching many hearts today as you hear this word open the eyes of my heart i want to see i want to see Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see This is Radio Maria and if you've just joined us you're listening to Catechesis. And today our guest is Father Gladstone Dabre who is an Augustinian priest at the Clare Priory in Suffolk and today he's doing a talk on being released for the proclamation of the gospel. If you would like to phone in and we do encourage that and ask our guest a question the number to dial is 01223 Three seven five five six four. That's o one two two three three seven five five six four. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Holy, 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 see you high and lifted up, shining in the light of your glory. Pour out your power and love as we sing holy, 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 see you high and lifted up, shining in the light of your glory. Pour out your power and love as we sing holy, 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 see you high and lifted up, sh
is Radio Maria. Welcome back. And you've just heard a song by the group Hillsong. And I hope you've enjoyed this afternoon. And now we are about to resume our talk with Father Gladson and uh, for his conclusion for his talk on being released for the proclamation of the gospel. Father, whenever you're ready. Thank you very much. It's, it's great to be with you all, brothers and sisters, and thank you for joining us. And if you have joined for the first time now, uh, we welcome you on this talk. I'm uh, towards the end of my talk, but I'm sure this will be released some other time. As I'm talking about being released, hopefully you will get a chance to listen to this uh, talk again. We, were, we are looking at Matthew's Gospel, chapter 5, verses 13 to 16, wherein Jesus is calling uh, his disciples to be the salt of the earth, the light to the nations and the city built on the hilltop. And so that is what we are called to do. And in order to continue the proclamation of gospel, we need to be released. And being released, what does that mean? Because sometimes what happens, we are so bound in our little world and in our little situations and in little problems and a little huddle that sometimes we don't realize the power of the message of Christ, the power of the gospel, because the power of the gospel is so powerful that Jesus' message, when it is proclaimed, the hearts are turned and the hearts are ripped apart so that people immediately get into repentance and want to be healed being changed and being transformed. We see that happen in the Acts of the Apostles. When Peter comes out with the other disciples and Peter preaches before that crowd and says that you have killed the Lord of glory. Immediately the scripture tells us their hearts were torn apart and they ask them, brothers, what should we do? Brothers and sisters, that is what our Christian life is. St. Francis of Assisi would say, preach the gospel at all times. Use words when necessary. Obviously, I'm on the radio, so I have to use the words. And this is a necessary moment. But in our life, we need to basically live out that Christian life. Live out being, live that life of being Christian so that we are able to bring others in order to experience God, experience his power. And that is what we are called to do. Because in early Christians, they were hounded, they were massacred, their houses were burned, they were raped, raped and killed, they were wounded and they were scarred, they were put in chains and in jails. And despite of that, 
they continued to share their table with the poor. They took in the people that were wounded and hurt. They took in the children of people who were thrown out. They took in all those who were cast out by the society, and they lived in their little ghettos with love. And then they went out, continuing to do the good work. And that is when the early people, when they looked at Christians, they said, see how they love each other. Brothers and sisters, we need to bring that love of Christ, not the love that we feel, because sometimes our love can be twisted. And you know, in our nations, in our world, wherein the word love is so much twisted and so much damaged that everything seems to be love. Even everything that is lustful, everything that is sinful is also considered to be love. But Jesus wants the love to be purified. And we need to come to Christ to purify that love so that we could be released to preach the gospel. Now, what what do we need to do in order to be released, in order for Christ's message to be preached? First, we need to acknowledge that I have sinned. Each of us need to acknowledge that I have sinned. We have sinned. You have sinned. And when we acknowledge that we have sinned individually, as St. Paul says, Romans chapter 3, verse 23, all have sinned and I have fallen short of the glory of God. How true it is. We have fallen short of the glory of God. So we need to accept that we have sinned. The second is we need to repent that we have sinned. Because a lot of times, especially Catholics, when we go for confessions, some people continue to repeat the same things again and again. And in fact, sometimes they have the same script that they have used for the last 10, 20 years. No sins added, as if they never sinned again after that first confession that they did 10 years ago. And what happens is that people still continue to remain in their invisible wheelchairs and crutches. They still remain completely helpless because Christ's message does not change them because they don't want Christ's message to be change. The grace of God that is freely available in the sacraments does not penetrate because they do not allow Christ to change in their life. And so, brothers and sisters, today we have to acknowledge that we have sinned. We have to repent for our our sinfulness and our woundedness. And we need to come to God. We need to come to God in trust. So as Christians, we no longer live alone. Even though we might feel alone and lonely, but we no longer are alone because Christ is there with us. So if we we feel that I am alone and no one loves me, no one cares for me, I would say have faith in God. Because see what St. Paul tells us in the letter to the Galatians chapter 2 verse 20. Yet I live no longer, but Christ lives in me. In so far as now I live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who has loved me and given himself up for me. It is Christ who lives in us. In our brokenness, in our woundedness, in our every problems and difficulties, in our weaknesses, Christ lives in us. Because we as baptized Christians are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Now, we may not have allowed the Holy Spirit to work in our life, but the temple of the Holy Spirit is at work. The third, we have to open the door of our heart. Revelation chapter 3 verse 20 says that, Behold, I stand at the door. Jesus is saying to each and every one of us, to his church, Behold, I stand at the door knocking. The one who hears my voice and opens the door, I will go in and dine with him. 
But Jesus wants to enter in our hearts. And a lot of times, even though we had a song earlier, open the eyes of my heart, Lord. We ask, we want the hearts to be open. And that's why we pray, Lord, sometimes I'm stubborn and I'm not allowing you to work in my life. I'm not opening my heart to you. But Lord, I ask you to come and open my heart because I am so incapable. Sometimes I'm so stubborn and so arrogant and so proud, Lord. You come and open. And if I'm not opening, Lord, you just break that door open because I give that permission to you because your will be done, O Lord. The fourth is God's grace is available. You know, the grace of God is freely available to us. We don't have to purchase. We don't have to do anything about it. God's grace is given to us freely. In Romans chapter 3, verse 24 onwards, St. Paul says us that they are justified freely by his grace through the redemption in Christ Jesus. And in 25 verse, he says, whom God set forth as an expiation or through faith by his blood to prove his righteousness because of the forgiveness of sins previously committed. Christ is ready to give us his grace. So when we are repenting and, and receiving the grace of God in confession, we are allowing God to change and transform our life. Our life then no longer is the same, but we are a new creation, a new person. Know that you are forgiven. That is the fifth thing. Know that you're forgiven. In First in John chapter 1, verse 9, first letter of John chapter 1, verse 9, if we acknowledge our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive our sins and cleanse us from every wrongdoing. In Micah chapter 7, verse 19, the Lord says, and will again, he will again have compassion on us, treading underfoot our iniquities. You will cast into the depths of the sea all our sins, all our sins. When we repent and truly allow God to work in our life, and when we confess our sins, it is Christ who is ready to change and transform our life. Our hearts will be cleansed and purified in the blood of Christ. If I'm forgiven, then guilt and shame has no place in my life. That's what Isaiah chapter 50 verse 7 says. The Lord God is my help. Therefore, I am not disgraced. Therefore, I have set my face like a flint, knowing that I shall not be put to shame. I shall not be put to shame. Number seven, let go and let God. You know, it's very difficult for us to let go. We uh, sometimes uh, generally as human beings, we are in extremes. Sometimes people can be extremely minimalist or some people are great hoarders. They hoard things that they don't require or they don't need. And sometimes there is a lot of hoarding. And especially it happens when the person dies, then the remaining people have to go and clean that house and put everything in the bin because of all the hoarding that has taken place. We need to cleanse that and we need to allow God. A lot of times we can also hoard things in our heart, all that unforgiveness, all that shame, all that guilt, and we can keep it in our hearts. We need to allow God to work. I need to let go of my worries and let God to take control. In Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7, St. Paul says, Have no anxiety at all, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, make your request known to God. Then the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Number eight, be perfected in his love. In first letter of St. John, chapter 4, 4, verse 18, he says, There is no fear in love. But perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. And so no one who fears is not yet perfected in love. 
Are you afraid? Then ask God now in love to cleanse that fear because fear has no place in love. Number nine, rely on God's power and strength. In Philippians chapter 4, verse 13, St. Paul says, I have the strength for everything through him who empowers me. Who empowers us? Christ alone. Nothing else. No new age philosophies and theologies of this world. No powers of darkness. No one and nothing will ever save us. Only Christ. It is only in Christ that we will have freedom. And so if you are somebody who is dabbling with various things, if you are somebody who is syncretizing the religions, religious beliefs, no, let go of it. Let Christ take control because it is Christ who strengthens us. Number 10, have the mind of Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 16, St. Paul says, For who has known the mind of the Lord as to counsel him? But we have the mind of Christ, and we need that mind of Christ to be strengthened, to be filled with his glory. Know what spirit you have. We have sometimes allowed the spirit of this world, the worldly spirit, to take control. But now we need to know and accept that it is Christ who is with us. That's why in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, the Lord says to Saint, through St. Saint Paul, For God did not give us a spirit of cowardice or fear, but the spirit of power of love and of self-control so brothers and sisters finally i would like to say fear not in isaiah chapter 41 verse 10 the lord says do not fear for i am with you do not be anxious i am your god i will strengthen you i will help you i will uphold you and with my victorious right hand brothers and sisters today let us reflect on everything that we have heard and discern the path we need to choose because we have only two paths available before us, heaven or hell. That is the eternal destiny we have to choose and each of us have to make that choice and we need to begin it here. There is no chance after. We need to choose here. Do I want to go to heaven? Then I need to start looking at my life, declutter myself and allow Christ to work in my life so that I can be released to continue his work. We must choose. And the Lord says to us, in the Old Testament, we have heard that the Lord places before us two things. I lay before you life and death, blessing and curse. The Lord wants us to choose life and blessing. Lord wants us to choose life and blessing. Brothers and sisters, be a blessing. Bring life to others so that we as the church could be the salt of the earth, the light to the nations and the city built on the hilltop. May God bless you and touch your heart. And today, may the Lord strengthen you and may you be freed to continue to proclaim that gospel. I pray this, Father God, in Jesus' name. May Almighty God bless you all, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Thank you very much, Father, for such a passionate and in-depth talk this afternoon. Could you could you finish your discussion with, with one prayer before we go? Yes. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Father God, we thank you for all that you do for us. Thank you for your love and mercy. Thank you for all my brothers and sisters who have heard this talk today. I pray, Lord, may this talk produce a great harvest in the hearts and minds of people, that their lives would be changed, that they would be able to come and experience the power of your love, that each of my brothers and sisters be the salt of the earth, the light of the nation, and the city built on the hilltop. Lord, touch their heart, strengthen them, for you have given them the spirit of power, of love, and of self 
self-control. Thank you, Lord, for all your promises. I ask you, Holy Spirit, to anoint each of brothers and sisters that they will be docile to your prompting and do the will of the Father. We make this prayer through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Wow, you're very good, Father. I like your... Praise God. I like your style and, uh, and your passion and your enthusiasm for the faith. Ladies and gentlemen, we've almost come to the end of our program. So, dear listeners, if you'd like to hear this again for any of you early birds, this will be repeated on Friday and Sunday morning at 4 a.m. And if you can't make that, this will soon, very soon, be available as a podcast. And you can find that podcast on our website and download it for free, obviously. Before we conclude, I'd like to thank once again Father Gladstone Dabre for such an in-depth talk this afternoon on being released for the proclamation of the gospel. I've certainly, uh, it's, you've put a lot of wind in my sails this afternoon. Thank you very much, Father. And uh, we very much hope to have you back on again here on Radio Maria soon. Thank you. All right. Until the next time, God bless and stay safe. Thank you. <laughs> 